I'm also recording into the uh, microphone. 47, right? Uh, that's what I've been told. I completely forgot the number, then remembered that we had the Slack chat that has been saying 47 this whole time, so... 47? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Let's do that, to do that whole bit again. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's apps to Kevin Smith. Do that whole bit again. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 47 of Abnormal Mapping. I am your uh, fill-in host for the episode because uh, Em is here, but they have a cold. Hi. So I'm doing the brunt... Hi, hi. I'm doing the brunt of the enthusiastic audio production with the mouth, otherwise known as talking. Uh, Destiny is also here. Hello. As you can see, already up to a very high standard of hosting uh, going on. On my end. How is everybody doing? Has anyone played a video game? What's going on? Hi. Hi. I'm going to croak into the mic. It's WrestleMania weekend. We're recording this one really early. You're not going to hear it for ages. Um, nope. Uh, so in between wrestling, I've been playing the N64 Zeldas on the 3DS. I uh, picked up Ocarina when it came out as a Nintendo Select because it was like $50 for that cart. And now they put out that $20 one. So I snatched that up. And played through that game, and that game's still good. And I'd played that, like, probably, like, eight times as a kid. And now I'm playing through Majora's Mask, which I only played through once, because as a child I thought Majora's Mask was, like, weird and off-putting. And it is weird and off-putting, but at 30, I think weird and off-putting's pretty cool. At 15, I was not ready. My body was not mm-hmm. ready. Your body was not yeah. ready to mm-hmm. wear the Majora's Mask. Yeah. Uh, and like everyone else on the God's Green Earth, I've been playing Mitomo Because, uh, fucking Nintendo, right? Right. Fucking Nintendo rights. That's really a weird to say about Mitomo, I guess. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I wonder if anyone will have like not deleted it from their phones by the next three weeks. Apparently it hogs space real real much. Real a lot. Real words. Oh, I shouldn't have let you host. Let Destiny host. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Destiny, have you played anything? Any video games? I played a lot of Stardew Valley. Oh, I guess I've been playing Stardew Valley, too. Stardew yeah. Valley has been ruining both of your lives consistently for the last two weeks. I have witnessed this. I so don't I think you attest. could describe Stardew Valley as ruining my I mean, life, considering I didn't even play it at all last week. Um, that's true. Have you been thinking about it? No, I played some last night with Destiny, but that was it. Okay. I've ha- been enjoying it. How is Stardew Valley as the resident Harvest Moon person? Harvest Lunarian. It is. It's so much. I'm a Harvest Moonier. What did you say? Harvest Lunarian. Oh, <laughs> Harvest <laughs> Lunarian. Good, good. Yeah, okay. no, I I've been loving it. It is a great game. Like, it's got a lot you can pack your in-game D's with, and it's fun to kind of have this set of tasks to have to 
complete before the end of the day and then like kind of I like a game where you have to kind of take notes and plan out how you want the rest of your game to go so like I've been really careful about like what days I'm doing what and how I want to set up my farm I just got a coop set up um I've just gotten to the 100th level of the mine uh I've made a lot of friends I'm really close to getting married so that's exciting. Yes. Um, but yeah, like, compared to Harvest Moon, it's definitely a more political game. And it's more of a diverse game. Uh, it almost puts me more in the mind of, uh, I, I played, I think, Rune Factory 4 3DS. That's, yes, and it's a little more like that. I'm sorry? That Yeah, that, yes. Yeah, it's... Because of I, I say that because there's a combat element and Harvest Moon doesn't have a combat element, mm-hmm. and um, I really really like it. Uh, from what I've heard, Rune Factory is a much slower. Like we're gonna give you all the various aspects over the first ten hours game, where Stardew Valley's like, here you go, here's a farm, here's a mine, go nuts. Um, That's definitely that- true, but yeah. I. I like both a lot. So, um, actually, you know what? Out of the three, Rune Factory is probably my least favorite because I felt like it didn't really. I don't know. That's a game where I never knew what I was doing or if I was saving the right resources. If I was doing. Like, it, it was a little confusing. Whereas this, it's a little more directed. And obviously, Harvest Moon is also way more directed. So. I'm glad that the Stardew Valley is enjoyable. Uh, I've seen that creeping up on people's feeds for a while. Like, it came out and then um, certain parts of Twitter uh, latched onto it, and eventually everyone was like, this Stardew Valley thing is really cool. Except me, because I have too much stuff to do to let Stardew Valley ruin my life. Because I know it would. I know it It is a time sink. Yeah. It's a a huge time sink. So don't, don't play Stardew Valley. You got grades. I got grades. Yeah, up and by the time grades. by the time this podcast comes out, I'll be. I mean, I'll, my all my deadlines are before the launch of the podcast. So, uh, well, maybe they're not. I don't know what month day the month ends, but close enough. So next month I'll play a video game for everyone. Hooray! Uh, Hooray! Closest thing to that that I played this time was Trackmania Turbo. Uh, did you get married Turbo in Trackmania Pro. Turbo? Uh, no, but I uh, I was for a brief period of time the second greatest Trackmania player in England. No, I was the greatest in England, the second greatest in the UK. Uh, yep. King. Did the Queen give you an award? Uh, yes. Are you a knight now? I'm a knight. This is how you get knighted. You uh, do really well on Trackmania, and the Queen goes, "I am not amused," and hands you a crown. Uh, Sir do Jackson, Duke of Trackmania. <laughs> CBE. It's uh, Trackmania on Trent, actually. Uh, Lord of Canyon. <laughs> Lord of Canyon. Um, isn't that a wrestler? You play, Lord of Canyon? You play Canyon, right? Is that, the, is that your... So, Trackmania 2 Canyon is the one that I like a lot. Uh, Trackmania Turbo has all of them in the game. It just has all, diff- all four different uh, handling styles. And I'm all about tur- uh, Turbo. That's the game of the game. Canyon, because Canyon is the one where you tap the, bre- the brake button and then you're drifting. So it's the best one. It's the one 
that feels most like OutRun. Okay. Uh, um, and yes, Chris Canyon with a K was a wrestler in WCW <laughs> in the late 90s. He was kind of a goofy guy, and his his like catchphrase was like, who's better than Canyon? Nobody. But like with a thick New Yorker accent. And uh, he was gay and came out and then killed himself. So there's your story for that. Oh, no. <laughs> that took a dark turn. That took a dark turn. Every wrestling story only, takes a dark turn. Every, yeah, cut down. Yep, I was about to. That's where I was going. Mm, I don't uh, like it. <laughs> Trackmania, on the other, uh, on the other hand, lots of dark turns, but lots of light turns too. Just lots of turns in general. Are there are there blind turns in Trackmania? I feel like that's not. Oh, well, what do you mean? Are there blind turns? Like it's all about blind turns that uh, you take once and then they are no longer blind turns. Like it's the whole thing is trial and error based on once you know a track, you can actually finally know how to take they it. They should give you the like drift two lady who's like forty five degrees left. Oh god, no! I wish that there was a rally voice for Trackmania. I don't know why. I don't know why the like nice that. British uh, dirt ladies in my head sounds like a robot, but I guess yeah, that's what that happened. famous quote from the nice British dirt lady. Yap yap yap. Uh, <laughs> hairpin turn coming up. <laughs> Your impression of British people is my favorite thing. It's great. I you know I I don't um, do like a terrible British accent in general, but I yeah I like leading into you just sounding like Terence and Philip. <laughs> yep. it's uh it's it's accurate in spirit if uh if not in truth uh, but no trackmania tab is fine it seems sad but also fun i don't know it's a ubisoft why game. is it sad because it takes out a lot of the ridiculousness of the multiplayer that is trackmania which is someone sets up a server in russia uh adds in a bunch of bad dubstep and then you check in every so often uh, i mean isn't that isn't that contingent on it like being on console now um well there's still a steam version yeah i know but uh, but like it's on console and i feel like that's probably the big push for this game and why it's if it if like if it is successful it'll be because of like an expanded console audience right uh, uh yeah 100 percent. they are trying to align it as like a trials equivalent like that is the audience they're going for uh, which I get how that happens, but there's a key differences in the presentation of both of those series that makes it uh, not that appropriate. But I've had a good time with Trackmania. Um, does that mean stands? I wish the single player was better at progression. Does that, does that mean what? Does that mean that the next Trackmania is going to have like a weird, like dystopian future story mode in it, like uh, Trials oh, did? God, I wish. <laughs> I wish. The, the the they replaced the everyone can put in whatever music they want with a uh, music system that when you go through checkpoints or when you like hit turbos the music uh just gets a little louder every time uh, that's actually really i good. really no because i hate it so much uh i understand why you get to that decision i think it's an effective in some ways but when you're restarting every five minutes not having the continuity of music to uh give you a feel of this is all one thing it is just it just it makes the cut back to restart a way harder thing but it just changes uh, the volume not the actual song right when you click to restart the song restarts the what song, um the song those starts are two separate things one of those is acceptable one of those is not the song yeah, restarting like it, is not um, acceptable no, it, it it like hard cuts and you don't hear anything. Then the song starts when the countdown, uh, when the three, two, one countdown goes. So you have a hard three seconds of silence, and it completely drains the momentum of the retry. This is where it's I just turn on two, turn yeah. on Spotify while I play track me. Well, I did, I did. I put my PS4 playlist on Spotify, adjusted the levels kind of, and then I was listening to I don't know, 
Um, Sandstorm. Jimmy Weld. Sandstorm. <laughs> Sandstorm is the only true answer. Sandstorm. <laughs> In 2011, I went to see Trivium Live, and the, the uh, which is a metal band, which they were fine, but the crowd were way more into the time that between sets they played Sandstorm. So <laughs> great. That's the most European fucking thing you've ever told me, Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that is our segment one. Bring it to a close. Come back with segment two with more things to talk about with video games and I guess kind of movie. So segment two, you have to say so at the beginning of every segment. That's your hosting tick. Do I do that? That I, I you do that every single time. Oh, I really you should stop. I really said... should stop. <laughs> it is okay. the only way. It's fine. A little, I, I, a little bit, a little, a little bit behind the sausage here. Uh, we always have a little <laughs> bit of a break between doing this stuff, uh, so I always feel weird going in, and I kind of am just a person who has a lot of so's in my speech anyway really it, it it's not bad it's totally just your yeah, but when you said it and i thought about it, i'm like no i totally do that now i feel gross you do, you do it every time and it's it's just it's just how you sound it's just your trademark it would feel wrong if oh, it wasn't i'm gonna there. change it i'm just gonna like hype man segment two <laughs> segment two uh, we are talking about this the time <laughs> thanks destiny <laughs> we're talking about um this strange confluence of video games and movies and the influence therein, specifically because uh, last week, I guess we both did this. You were doing this, and then I did it with you for no reason, because, you know, I've got nothing better to do. Um, me and Em watched uh, both Thor 2 and then the Amazing Spider-Man movies, which uh, felt, at least Thor 2 and Amazing Spider-Man 2, felt like video games had made their way to, to film in all the worst ways, but kind of the best ways. I mean, Thor uh, 2 is the worst ways. Thor 2 is all the worst ways, yes. Thor 2 is the advent children of Thor 2. <laughs> um, <laughs> where, like, it's, so, the problem with... We're not going to talk structurally about the story of Thor 2. That's bad anyway. No. But I, this is like a design we, problem, really. Where this, yeah. Thor 2 has reached the point where like production schedules are tight enough and CG is good enough enough that 
you can just kind of make all of your concept art real and it's ruined film. Like there's stuff in Thor two where like Loki's prison, all of the prisons have like this elaborate over-designed energy grid on the prison, like doors or walls or whatever. And the bad guys are basically wearing like destiny armor with like Hellboy helmets on and it's dumb and gross. And like, there's a certain phoniness to that kind of like high concept sci-fi concept art that reeks of like your Mass Effect art books and your Destiny everything that is permeated that kind of film and I hate it. I hate it so much and I feel like it's because it, like video games have allowed us to res- like just design what people put down on paper except for Amano characters. Let's not talk about that. We talked about it last time, but it's still a thing I'm <sighs> sore about. Uh I know. But if you can draw a dumb cyber suit, someone will model that and then uh, you can uh, put it on screen or in your video game. And it's the worst because the unreality of those designs when they don't have to be made as like a prop or a model or something a, a, a stunt actor has to wear just removes so much of the believability of your world building. Mm-hmm. And it's it, this isn't like to do with uh like cg ruining film or like it's a tangent of that but that's not the uh core of the idea it's more the way that like this has allowed uh cohesive world building to slip uh to the side of what if everything just looked crazy and cool all the time yeah, it's it is it, what if final fantasy 13 was all films it's the problem where because none of it was ever real to begin with you never have to iterate out how it's possible it's why like Every door, it's how you get the Michael Bay Transformers, where they're just indecipherable messes of moving parts, because some animator was like, it'd be really cool if we just had every part of, like, an engine or something behind every piece of this Transformer. And it's why in Thor, like, every cyber door opens with, like, literally 6,000 moving parts for no good reason, because it doesn't have to actually be a door people go through, like, dozens of times every day. It just has to be on screen once, and so you can design something that doesn't make any logical sense. But it just, it hurts a reality of a fictional place. And that's a thing that like, not just movies, but like video games could do with a lot more of. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a shame that it, it doesn't exist as much as it should. Uh, uh, yeah. I think it's whether you bring up destiny because destiny um, is a game that does this, but also feels way more cohesive in its world than most uh, stuff there's, of this so uh, type. there's a there's a design element to destiny that like re- like seems like post mass effect like what if we yes. took the n7 armor and then like gave it like a everyone wore like cloaks over it kind of like lived in feel but it just feels <laughs> like a design like it's like a it's like a it's like a design thing that's meant to be cool and not realistic mm-hmm and I, I feel like everything in Destiny looks like someone who was a very, like, into coolness character designer making things that are, like, visually appealing, but have no sense of reality to them. Uh, that's true, but it also is the actual appeal of Destiny, which is, what if it was a cool cyberpunk dress-up game? I mean, I guess. Like, the... W- uh, as someone who's played some Destiny, that is the only thing I cared about. I did not actually give a shit about the rest of it at all. Yeah, but at the end of the day, you're um, wearing like you're you're always going to be wearing armor, right? Yeah, yeah, you're always wearing armor. Yeah, uh, but it is it is more stylish than. I'm trying to think of equivalents here. Uh, I'm trying to think of other 
games that go into this. I guess Mass Effect's a good one. And I, I, speak, to, I speak to Mass Effect because Mass Effect, as, like, character design, I feel like has permeated, like, films, especially superhero films, all over the place. Like, the amount of really slim line, but fully, like, uh, what's the word I want? Like, m- like microfilament, like, carbon nanotube, space armor is everywhere. Everyone in every movie and every video game is wearing some variation of this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, even goddamn Superman and Batman are wearing these things these days. Yeah, and it totally, it totally came from video game armor design. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> it's the worst. Are you sure it just didn't come from comic books? Uh, so this specifically, I don't think you could say comes from comic books because while the New 52 like redesigned Superman and Batman to have a bunch of lines on them, ideally superhero comics were about like really flat shapes, like big broad shapes. Like Superman was wearing just a, like a suit that was like probably spandex or something, but who knows? Like you wouldn't want to put an actual human being in like a spandex suit like that, but it was just like a form fitting uh, like simple garment that didn't have like separations and lines and stuff. And for me, like why I blame video games is the amount of, I feel like a lot of costume design in movies these days in, in maybe say like the past like 10 years or so has been really focused on texture as like a thing that every character has to have a lot of texture in their costume. That's why like the Sam Raimi Spider-Man has like all like has like the raised webbing, but also like the red and blue parts have a lot of like weird little like uh, geometric designs to them too. Uh, and that carried Everything... into amazing Spider-Man. But like, so to me that why that comes from video games is the things video games did to character models, because you can't create like super high poly, like I'm going to model these shoulder pads, or I'm going to model like three separate pieces of fabric that make up like a complicated shirt where you have like an undershirt and an overshirt is that they just slap textures on everything. Cause that's how video games work. But I think the, like, mm-hmm the visual design elements that make up putting textures on relatively otherwise low poly models kind of slipped into the consciousness of people is how this is how cool characters look. And that's the thing I think it's trickled into film in like a really big way. Okay. The reason I would say it doesn't come from comic books is it's the thing that, uh, like is a slapped onto comic book design to make it look more real and cool. Yeah. Cause Uh, like it came, it it came to comic books from the outside. Because it's clearly like we made a design to redesign all these characters to be like the thing that is cool. Where did the thing that is cool come from? And I like if you look at it hard enough, it's like oh, they're all like trying to be Master Chief on some level. Well, and even the evolution of Master Chief's design across uh, every single title is the the start. He just looks like like at this. At, at the time, this wasn't the case, but looking back, it totally is the case that he just looks like Doom Guy with a bit more armor. But in every single um, game, Master Chief's armor has become more and more complicated and granular, and there's more little bits and little lines and uh, texture, and it's not just, here's some green armor anymore, it's just this weird, intricate Spartan thing, which... Um, became a thing you could then customize, and all it was all about plates and armor, and like... You can even see that in one series that was influential, this uh, trend to uh, away from uh, like broad character design as a visual thing to hey, lick armor fetishism. And th- this reaches its like nadir in uh, Injustice Gods Among Us, which I've been like I played through the story and whatever recently, where they took like the new Fifty Two superhero designs for DC. Uh, which were already like we were going to apply video game logic to these character designs and then re 
like applied a layer of video game redesign where every character is just an ugly busy mess of little plates of armor and like lines and bullshit and textures that every character looks awful like uh, destiny watched me play a little bit of it and she's like that's the worst superman design i've ever seen and it really <laughs> is <Was> it, <laughs> it's true was it that bad destiny Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah it was ugly there was no there's no no red pants, right? Uh, so the the uh, regime Superman, like the evil Superman from the alternate reality, has like his blue pants kind of have like a part where the armor stops, and there's like these like this like I almost call it like a Gundam line, where it's like the staggered line that goes oh. up to like where his legs meet his hips, and then there's like red, almost like Under Armour that's just like a bunch of lines and bullshit. Like, it makes him look like a mech suit, and it's really obnoxious. And it's meant to evoke <laughs> like the trunks, but it's clearly not trunks. It's just like, what if we added more lines and colors to this, but where it just looks like he has like a flaming hot crotch rash? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's accurate. I'm looking at the armor now, and the the my favorite in armor trends is the obviously four layers of metal, but still looks like abs. Yep. <laughs> uh, like, it, there's so much metal around Superman's thing that those are not actually his abs. And they don't look like abs. They're just metal plates and people, in the place People of made fun of the Batman nipple suit, but we live in a world where everything is trying to be the Batman nipple suit. Yeah. It's, it's the Batman nipple suit, but not even... Like, the Batman nipple suit evoked muscles. Yeah, no, because it's, it's meant... Like, the Batman that. nipple suit is specifically meant to be sculpted off of, like, statuary. Yeah. Whereas this isn't about evoking the, the like, physical male form as, uh, like, something impressive. It's... I don't know what it is. It's, like, turning that metallic. Yep. In a way that uh, seems like removing the humanity from it, and like it's something that I probably would have found very cool at thirteen. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I can go for a ridiculous design. The reason that we brought up Amazing Spider-Man Two and haven't talked about it is that the middle of Amazing oh. Spider-Man Two has in it one of the most spectacularly, like, kind of amazing video game pieces of bullshit I've ever seen in a film, outside of like what? Scott Pilgrim, I guess, <laughs> which is like intentional in Scott Pilgrim. But the, the Amazing Spider-Man Two is the opposite side of this. If what if, uh, like a film could embrace the unlimited nonsense potential of a video game as uh, visual uh, shorthand, and the places it goes with it, I think without self-awareness, I don't. think... No, it's not. The, the film is tell. not good enough for me to believe that it's intentional. But in the nope. like the like right around the midpoint of the film, Spider-Man and Electro face off for the first time, and it's like in Times Square. <laughs> And it starts with like Electro hearing voices, but of like his own insecure insecurities. But those voices like kind of end up meshing with the soundtrack, which is like this almost like this opera song that ends up like going into like weird techno opera remix. And then Spider Man oh shows up, God. and they're literally ringed by onlookers who start cheering for them as they're fighting and then because it's Times Square all the displays suddenly start displaying either pictures of Electro or pictures of Spider-Man and it's just a DMC (laughs) Devil May Cry boss fight at that point there's like like a Street Fighter level yeah no it totally is because there's like a moment where uh, the weird uh dubstep screamo is going like he lied to me and and then it just has a big shot of electro and spider-man's face and times square and basically goes like versus (laughs) i wish it had gone like if it had gone full scott pilgrim it would have been legitimately great instead it feels like like someone had some cool ideas but like it it like they never came together with intentionality 
Because <laughs> something like Scott Pilgrim is like this, but done deliberately, which feels like such a different thing to this infecting the like actual visual modes well, that are supposed to be like played straight. The thing with Scott Pilgrim is that it feels like a natural step for the characters because the characters are just like people our age who are obsessed with video games as like they're just part of their culture so the the references and stuff being there make a lot of sense because they make Mm -hmm. sense for the characters but like there's no reason for electro to suddenly be like mimicking character action game bosses for no goddamn good reason Mm -hmm. it is pretty weird electro is like painted as like a super nerdy guy but when he fights spider-man at the end for some reason the electric plant just turns into a giant like equalizer like a like a fucking winamp thing from 1997 and (laughs) spider-man comments on it being like a thing but it's not from spider-man it's from electro say i don't don't remember the exact line actually but like because yeah you look at the towers of the plant every time he's shooting electric electricity the music is uh like composed in alignment with that but also the equalizer on the screen of the towers is like going up and down as if the music is playing in the real world through electric it's it is just the a de- uh, heavenly not heavenly sword ninja theories um dmc game yeah it, i like, mean it's just that spider-man makes a crack about him hating the song i think is what it is it's not like super good or clever because that movie's not good or clever <laughs> but no it's awful <laughs> Uh, that stuff, it, it's just weird in a world in which video games start, try so hard to ape cinematic constructs, like, really poorly in an attempt to, like, achieve legitimacy. Seeing that stuff filter back into movies in kind of the worst possible ways as just all of the really tired and, like, broadest design elements of modern blockbuster video games showing up in movies really bums me out. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, like, Thor 2 was definitely the the worst of this. Yeah, Thor 2. It just... Oh, the amount of fucking... Like, the final... The whole final battle of that game revolves around it... Or, that game. Of that movie revolves around it being, (laughs) like, portals. Like, just straight-up portal portals. Where people are flying through various portals and ending up in other places. And momentum and geography and stuff being different they even do the thing where someone throws something in a portal and it comes out another portal falling into that portal again and it just goes in this recursive loop just like you do in portal but it never amounts to anything (laughs) other than like oh remember that time you saw this in portal and it was cool let's just do that again uh yeah and the like design of the creatures as there's something weird about the way character design happens in uh like these kind of big budget superhero movies that is very similar to video games they just look like filler enemies in a video game i mean these specifically look like shy guys for some reason but that part is not intentional i mean i guess it's Uh, better than the the one thing that like video games ended up taking from movies that i really hate is the wacky creature from the star wars prequels as just being like a thing that you put in all of your sci-fi universes in like what like just some blobby like animalistic four-legged monstrosity like at the end of attack of the clones they are literally attacked by three separate one of these in the like final arena sequence oh the part where suddenly there's uh fighting a monster for no reason in the sci-fi movie that is not about fighting monsters yeah except there's three monsters and two of them are like super dumb and one of them is just like a mega level pokemon no, they're all mega level Pokemon. Nah, only the only the weird praying that. mantis thing is a mega level Pokemon. The praying mantis is a very yeah, good job. Um, yep. <laughs> it was a matter of time. Uh, I guess that's that. 
our rants about those. I mean, Destiny, you you were talking to me earlier about this uh, yesterday, and we kind of dominated this conversation. I was just saying, I I I feel like less of like I don't know, but I guess I just had an overall sort of quibble with the premise of the of the topic because I felt I felt like a lot of the tropes were just action movies inspiring other action movies and then that kind of leaking into video games and so it felt less like games influencing movies and more just action movie tropes in general i don't know like i feel like i can trace a lot of that stuff just from it movies trying to top one another in their action sequences so the thing with that that's weird for me is that i feel like on some level video games have never sourced of action movie that existed after aliens like they just yeah they just do aliens again but the thing that i like i was thinking about this because we talked about this in the car i think yesterday was that when when i really consider it i don't think action movies have sourced any other action movies other than aliens or video games since because I think that's when we, we remember we talked about this a month ago that it might just be the problem with all genre and specifically fantasy and uh, all science fiction type stuff. That entire genre is just everyone is pulling from aliens. That's it. That is it. That's the entire language of. It's not, but sometimes it feels like the entire language of that genre is just aliens. Yeah, and it's not like uh, it's not like there are other that. other action movies don't exist, but they kind of exist in a weird vacuum where like no. American action movies aren't really lifting from, uh, like Jackie Chan movies. And there's no video games based, like, that are the Jackie Chan movies of video games. Even the Jackie Chan movie or the video game is just, there's a platformer and there's like a weird unlicensed fighting game. Like, they're not distinctly Jackie Chan things. And while The Matrix, like, ripped off a lot of, uh, like, Hong Kong cinema and, like, uh, wuxia film stuff that stuff had its time in video games and then kind of like drifted back out again and because everyone i feel like that thing hit and oversaturated but no one ever took the step to like do anything more with it other than this is our clear matrix uh influence or homage uh and then went right back to aliens like everyone jokes about how everyone nobody remembers anything from avatar but that's because the literal final boss of avatar is the loader machine from aliens he just has a knife and moves faster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, Avatar just looks like aliens again, but with trees. Yeah, and the, the, that's the thing that everyone's been taking from for literally 20 years. It's it's why I don't like aliens, because I played too many video games, and I just see it in the fingerprints of everything, and I hate it so much for that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh I get that. I, I, to your point about like the Matrix, I remember when that movie came out, uh, everyone was like, this was going to be, this is like a push forward in the language of action films or just, or like the visual design of sci-fi films, but it ended up being a complete fad mm-hmm. and I don't feel like any of it actually seeped into the, like became core into the language in a way that something like Aliens or a different, you know, a, a movie would, uh, like a, a other kind of classic would. Uh, yeah actually have that inf- impact on pop culture as a thing yeah uh like where like, where's the where's the crank of video games uh shit i actually had an answer fuck um i know i feel like that exists but maybe it has to exist me. there's no way the crank of video games doesn't exist i don't think it does it might not exist yet it might not exist yet 
the one place where I feel like this kind of does actually kind of build on each other in a kind of a, I guess maybe a constructive way is cinematic video games in like the vein of Uncharted and Tomb Raider feel so much to me in conversation with movies like uh, Fast and Furious and Mission Impossible. Yes. Where you get this escalation of scale and scope and intricacy of like storytelling throughout where Tokyo Drift and Fast Five feel like they could easily have been blockbuster, like Naughty Dog-led video games in a lot of ways. Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. And that stuff's actually great. Like, it's entertaining. It gets the storytelling stuff right. It gets the spectacle right in a way that those kind of video games support where, like, people joke about, oh, Uncharted's just a game where you're, like, playing a kind of bad movie. But on some level, like, sometimes you just want to play a bad movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like, the, the, my favorite Uncharted game is Uncharted 3. Uh, I think it's overall really bad, but um, that's just because, like, the second half of that game doesn't exist. Uh, drop all the threads but the first half the actual setup when it is investing in itself is the best uncharted game and that is when it is the most nakedly just taking from uh the like the way cinematic influences uh seeped into video games that isn't just spectacle is uh like uh, analyzing the uncharted games you can see that a lot because the second game is just kind of spectacle action scenes and you shoot a lot but the first game the third game like you don't get to have a gun for the first five levels and there's a flashback and you're a kid and it's just like here's a climbing moment where they're talking and here's and uh, that gets taken to a more serious um uh approach in last of us which but it's the same techniques um are you saying it's just uh indiana jones and the last crusade yeah it's exactly what I'm saying. I've not seen Last Crusade. I've it opens with Indiana Jones as a kid. Okay, yeah, it's totally like it's a flashback to uh, Nate as a kid. He meets Sully, and he does the thing where, hey, guess how uh, Nate meets Sully in Uncharted? You you will get it right. Uh, you might not get it right, but as soon as I tell you, you'll be crushing yourself for not getting it right. I assume he like steals from him, right? He steals from him, and then Sully teaches him how to steal better. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> the whole Truth thing, the whole thing yeah, in Last Crusade is Indiana Jones, like young Indy. He's like a Boy Scout, <clears throat> and he finds like a guy who's basically dressed like Indiana Jones, like stealing an artifact <laughs> that becomes the thing that the plot revolves around. Oh, that's good. I got to see the third oh. Indiana Jones movie. And it's like clearly like, oh, this guy was evil, but Indiana Jones was like really imprinted upon this guy as like how he should look, and it's pretty great. <laughs> That's good. That's a good time. Yeah. Um, do we have any other points on this? Um, oh no, I I think I think we've exhausted this. Yeah, I don't. Have go see go see Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice in theaters now. It's basically this premise writ large on some level. <laughs> yeah. For good and bad. Yep, for good and bad. It is that.
Game Club this month, uh, this April, is the game Lily Child of Geos uh, from BitMonster Inc., a 2014 iOS game that also came to Steam uh, that is an adventure game. Uh, well, the, the way it has been best described is a Zelda game without combat, like just the town parts. You talk to people, go around town, fix some problems. Uh, there's puzzle, there's combat that is puzzle-esque, and it is uh, an, an atmosphere game in which you look at a very pretty town. And that's what we chose to play today. Um, uh, I want to point out that it is a mobile game in general, not an iOS game. What's the, that's, um, oh, it was on Android as well. Right. Yes. Yes. I was like, what, what's the difference? Oh, right. That is a, that's the wrong phrase. Good point. Thank you very yep. much. Um, but, and uh, so we played it this month, and we're here to uh, have a chat about it. It's not a very discussed game. One of the things that we noticed and thought was very strange, um, unrelated to the game when we chose it, was there's nothing about this game on the internet. There's nothing. There's like two web pages. So I don't think this is... Uh that like i didn't think it was that weird i just find it striking it's one of the things like like i think you could look at abnormal mapping in general uh and be like oh this they they play a bunch of like old obscure games but like in reality we really don't because if you recognize the names of the games they're probably not that obscure like this is an obscure game where like very few people have heard of it it's been like it was in a couple lists but like the developer doesn't seem to exist online anymore there's like a really small steam community it, it's like a game that kind of just only exists as like an artifact of when it came out and that's it uh well i the thing i thought when i saw when i noticed this was uh there's often a comparison uh business speaking not to do the last segment between uh games and movies but when you actually think about what games on a wider scale are outside of the few big hits it's way more just like the kindle store uh, yeah no it's way I, close to the kindle store where some things come out and just nobody buys them and nobody talks about them and they disappear forever mm-hmm. they're like the worst reviewed like the least seen and least talked about movie will get more cultural zeitgeist than like that even like middle of the road games yeah yeah uh, just because of how that works. Mm-hmm. And that's what I thought that, like, that is an important part of that comparison. But no, the game itself, uh, what did everyone think? Who wants to go first in their impressions of So of the, I suppose we should talk about the premise and how it plays first. Uh, you play as Lily, and she's a nebulously young woman somewhere between, uh, like, 13 and, like, 24, I guess, and she's doing her dissertation, but she looks like a teen, uh, a I young teen. I thought she was between 18 and 24. Yeah, it's weird because, like, the art style to me suggests, like, a kidness to it, but the way that they present the character definitely makes her seem older, and we'll get into how that kind of gets weird as we get into it, but she is on this island, uh, I don't remember the name of the, oh, it's the island of Geos, right? Geos, yes. Uh, (laughs) as part of her dissertation to collect a bunch of flowers to, uh, become a, what is the name of it exactly? Does anyone remember? It's a veggie crap. I, I had it. Veggie botanist, veggie... I thought there was some sort of magic term in there. Also. I think it was just veggie oh, magic. Um... Yeah, veggie, veggie, magie, veggie magic botanist or something. Yep. But yeah. yeah. And uh, she lands here to collect flowers for that. But it turns out that this is uh, a land of these uh, peculiar wood robots 
that uh are the constructs who are like the like working class whatever's and then the the spirits that, that's what the other ones are yeah, called the right spirits yes the, yeah. the spirits are like elaborate somewhere between like Miyazaki and Shadow of the Colossus esque but normal sized uh like like almost like magical versions of the constructs but they are like the ruling class who have all the money and control and like are like enslave the constructs and you decide that you're going to go up against the uh, spirits and steal their like life flowers and uh overthrow the mayor and free all of the constructs of gs Mm -hmm. and you do that through jumping on the backs of spirits and plucking out their flowers did anyone play without a controller i played without us how did the flower plucking spirit writing go? So with I, the I, controller, you had to push the correct uh, button. So oh. I also played this on tablet, and it works kind of like the mouse, where you have to grab the, you have to touch the flower and then literally pull it out. Which is why this is clearly like a mobile game because the thing you're doing is touching objects on the screen and then pulling them with like a swipe. Yeah. Oh, that would have been way easier than. Button tapping. It got oh, I thought the button the tapping was so easy. Yeah, the button tapping. I just—I'm was... not super familiar, and this says a lot about how much I played it. But I'm not super familiar with the Xbox buttons. Oh yeah, so if you're was, familiar with them, it's like this—it's like the easiest thing on earth. Uh, if yeah, you know I... but your controller really well. Whenever I played in the dark, because I would play at night, like I would have to pull up a picture of the Xbox controller <laughs> so I could remember which color was where, because it would not stay in my head. <laughs> Yeah, um, for me, I was uh, like using my mouse to click and drag a lot, so uh, I was failing some of the later ones because it got real messy on the screen, uh, and the mouse is not as precise as just touching. Uh, precise mm-hmm. is maybe the wrong word, but it, for for the tasks they asked to do, it was easy to click yeah. slightly click off. Um, but it wasn't like a problem. The game's not that hard. Uh, no, it's not a hard game at all. I mean, I played on easy mode, but I assume that it probably doesn't get that hard uh, yeah probably not and also, also the combat isn't like it's so not the point to me that i didn't i was like oh i guess i've got to fight four dudes now uh, yeah the ending like the final one i expected it to be a little more time consuming it took me less time to defeat the mayor than it did for me to defeat some of the spirits around town <laughs> yep same uh i had the thing with the mayor spoilers was uh took me like about four seconds to realize i had to remove his hat yeah and i was like wait what why what there's no red flower what's happened and then i removed the hat and was like okay good job video game well done proud of you <laughs> uh but yeah the main thing with this game is that it is a it presents initially as this very cute kind of funny uh like a double fine inspired type thing of this innocent adventure with slightly more edgy tones to it uh but instead of that being like a a wink and a nod and uh incorporating like either references or more some more mature ideas it just feels strangely dissonant i don't actually know who this game is for um so the thing with the game is that uh, you go around and do like side quests for people to advance the plot while you're collecting flowers and your rewards are either artifacts, which are objects you get out of treasure chests. They're like, they end up being kind of meme esque where you get a, 
like a Mario hat and then it's not, it's like an off-brand Mario hat, but they talk about, it's like the plumber's hat and you can use that to go and uh, save the kingdom or whatever. Like there's clear references to other games and culture artifacts in there. Yeah. And then there's also the uh, profiles of the spirits that you defeat, which list like stats about them and a little short biography that is often very jokey. Um, like one of them is cheating on their wife. One of them is like, trying to lose weight to stay cute but then the other one is trying to lose weight to get cuter than the other one that's trying to stay cute uh stuff like that mm-hmm. uh. um and the thing with that stuff is that well like memes and video games are nothing new and especially like references to like older classic games um even in games that are ostensibly like aimed at children uh some of the stuff feels like definitely aged up in a way that is like kind of weirdly uh inappropriate for the audience there's a there's like a fedora you find that jokes about if you put this on you'll be better at programming and everyone knows that uh and like just like weird like internet tech culture like jokes but and there's also a moment which is the probably the the most striking and obvious example of this like it's a tonal thing throughout but uh but we were on the skype call when this happened and uh, walked into this shop. Oh yeah. So uh, that was on the, before on the we map. get to that, I want before we get to that, I want oh. like I want to say like this stuff is like because I think that's a different discussion. Oh, is than that what we're talking about okay. here? All right. All right. Um, the thing with this is like it feels like trying to ape the kind of thing Pixar or like Disney do, where they have jokes that are aimed at like parents playing this game with their kids, where maybe like the parent gets a joke that the kid's like, I don't understand. Like, I'll tell you when you're older. Or if the kid's a little older, you could have like a conversation about, oh, this is what this means. And this was like relevant to my life when I was like younger because of this stuff. And that stuff's like a good like sharing moment or a bit of like bonding, like intergenerationally. But then like the game often indulges in like storytelling moments that feel like, it doesn't actually gel with this idea that this is like a game that parents would play with their kids, which leads you to the thing that we're going to, you're talking about Jackson, Mm -hmm. Uh, which is uh, you walk into a shop and you, there's photos of you everywhere. Like the entire wall is just covered with photos of you. And it's incredibly creepy uh, because there's not been any, uh, there's a a little bit, uh, a, when you go into a different house and you see like blood writing on the walls but then as you go around the house you realize oh it's the same thing and like it it reveals itself as a gag um but that's the closest thing before that well this is there's no gag here there's just lots of photos of you on the wall and he says uh and you're like this isn't cool what the fuck are you doing here you got these photos of me how did you get so many so fast um and you go and he's he's like uh go go do this and i'll remove the photos and you do this you go back and go can you remove the photos he goes no that's it that's it that's it that's the whole plot line and then you just leave and it's uh, the strangely like it's a it's a joke because it's played as funny and ridiculous but also it's not a joke in the tone of the more charming uh like oh look at these ridiculous wood uh folk who are quaint and have jobs that and they don't understand how flesh works like that's a very well, yeah yeah a lot of the jokes when they interact with her revolver on the fact that she's like weird looking because she's a human and they're all made of wood so they call her weird things like a flesh blob and they're like totally intrigued and weirded out by how she looks like there's one character when you first meet them they can't stop throwing up because you look so weird to them Mm -hmm. (laughs) um the thing with this that's like 
I think that you could have this like almost exact same story element in a game that didn't feel totally dissonant towards like a younger audience uh, where you're talking about like, oh, like this kind of attention is bad. And it's like, like you can have a message here that would make this all kind of okay. The thing that's like super weird here is that when you first get in and see all those pictures, there's a, like, I think Lily has a line where it's like some of these pictures are in really compromising positions. And yeah. like the idea that these are like weird creep shots, even though like if you actually look at the pictures, uh, cause I checked them, like I want to make sure that they didn't actually like put weird fucking like upskirt shots of this girl in this game. And it's not like super secretly gross and they're not, but the implication that that's kind of the joke they're making and that it's like kind of like a bit of comedy at all is like really uh, uncomfortable in a game where like I thought I was playing as like a teenager. Uh, I, and they, I, they talk yeah. a lot, they talk a lot around like, oh, she's in college and she's going to get her dissertation done. But that doesn't change the fact that you're playing a character who looks like she could be anywhere from like 12 to 20 years old. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And most of the ages in that range are really uncomfortably making these kind of jokes about. Because uh, I thought that yep. it was uh, like she was 12 and then they're like, I, and they kept making reference to college and we're like, well, she must just be 12 and they're calling it college and that's the joke. Uh, um, but then they like, kept on this line. Like, there's a part of me that thinks. The, like the writing seems to present this um, uh, quite a lot as a game that looks at a uh, presenting uh, of as cute and innocent world and like removing that and putting in this like lots of adult writing. Like there's a version of this game which goes further with that in which the point is it presents as cute and kid like, but then is in fact this other thing. But there's not enough of that. Uh, and there's especially none of that through the design which plays it all straight and charming and uh, fun. I guess my thing was like, because she was in college, I assume she was in her 20s or at least, you know, 18 uh, no younger than 18 she looks really young, but like when they said she was in college and she had a professor I was like, oh, so she's 18 or so, and then so I just assumed that's who the audience of the game was for, and then there's just a bunch of jokes about like how pretty she looks without her glasses and Stuff like I thought I so two things. I thought the joke was that she looks like weird and like gross without her glasses. The yeah, way that the characters oh, well, react well, when there, she takes her glasses was, off. There's like two or three characters that say that like right after a, one of them's like, "You look gorgeous without your glasses." So yeah, I think the gag is like she thought she looked great, and then everybody's like, "Oh, you look terrible." Uh, but yeah, like but, she like, just takes them off and has like anime like swirly eyes underneath or yeah. something. <laughs> But, like, it's also really weird because the way that he keeps asking her to take her glasses off is very creepy and off-putting. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I guess I was the only one out of the three of us that played this and did not think it was for children. And not even because of the themes necessarily. It was just because the main character was a college student. So I so assumed the game the, was aimed at college students. The <laughs> thing for me where, like, I assume this character was, like, in her teens and it turns out, no, she's not, it feels like the kind of things that happen when you localize anime where it's like you have a character and she's like this like weird chibi lady in like a bikini and in the Japanese version it's like oh this character is like 14 and then when they put it to America they're like no she's secretly like 30 but she's magical so she looks like she's 14 and that stuff is like a way that localizers get around like pervy shit aimed like out like aimed at like uh, exploiting teens in media a lot and so when i read that she's in college i'm like that just feels like a weird excuse to say like no we're totally not putting this like teen girl in these situations that could be described as like pervy and gross uh but then they still continue to do it and i don't know like on some level i think if you make a game 
that kind of looks and presents like this. And especially in like the App Store version, maybe less so when it's on Steam. Uh, and we can talk about that in a second because I think that's interesting. Uh, you have a game that looks like, oh, it's like a game where you play as this little girl and you go around this town and you pick flowers and you talk to wood robots. Like that's a game explicitly to be aimed at children. Uh, yeah, yeah, or a younger yeah. set. Like, it's it's supposed to be, like, a family-friendly game in, like, a world in which most games are, like, let's fucking shoot people, or, you know, like, there's a version of this and game where you're, like... it is. Well, yeah, but, like, there's a version of this game where you're, like, an astronaut on, like, a strange planet, and you're pulling, like, geodes out of rocks, and it could be almost the exact same game, but mm-hmm. with, like, a different skin, it's clearly aimed at a different audience. Uh, and making a game that's, like, explicitly cute, uh, like this, it at least to me is like courting like in video games making a game that is cute means that you're recording an audience that is like younger and or like more women uh you expect to play this game but either way then including like this weird pervy like otaku shit like really goes against that sort of stuff yeah i I remember uh, i guess oh you got to say i guess i just it's not that i disagree with you i just didn't i don't think they the i don't think people writing it wanted it to be presented as creepy i think they wanted it to be seen as way sillier mm-hmm. sure and like we are definitely way more grossed out by it than i think the intent ever was yeah sure but like the like ultimately like like we we can consider intent but it doesn't change like my reaction to the work and really. i'm not saying you're wrong i just don't I don't know. I guess my thing is, like, I think they still want this game to be, like, playable for kids, and I think they wanted them to kind of laugh that off. And it's, yeah, but... And I, that's really like, weird. Yeah. You shouldn't... I don't... Yeah, I think it's gross to expect, like, people to laugh off these kind of jokes where, like, the, those fish are, like, harassing this girl basically to undress under the guise of taking off her glasses or, like this guy's taking creep shots and like this is shit that actually happens to women in the context of oh it's fine because she's not actually 14 and, and this is just a goofy game about for wood robots also like it's okay because they're just quirky we wood people and they yep. don't actually want to like hurt her or have sex with her they just don't get why she's made of and flesh and the, what she is the shot of her taking off her glasses is like positioned from behind her and you can't actually see it which is clearly yeah. because the model just won't remove the glasses but what it looks like is the the angle that the camera takes in a like a teen comedy where a girl lifts up her shirt like yeah hmm. that's what i thought too and, i got the exact same thing and that's totally the like implication of the joke um so yeah it's just weird and um throughout because i remember saying to you when i first started playing it like is this 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 is a uh, American made game because it th- th- the text throughout does often feel uh, localized in that sense of the jokes don't connect with the uh, like the intent of the words and the world feels very different to what I am experiencing. Um, yeah, and it, it, it's I also strange. feel like the people making the game just put in everything they ever considered funny without consideration for the outside audience. Like, especially with some of the references, like there's a fruit ninja reference. There's a ponytail joke. There's like a lot of slang, like, like goofy slang that like, just like from like weird Southern slang to goofy hip hop slang. Like it's kind of all over the place with different characters. And I don't know. I just, part of me just feels like they didn't really expect a lot of people to play it. So like the tone is like humor wise, the tone is all over the place. Mm-hmm. And I can, I can see it because it almost feels like let's just put in everything we find funny. Mm-hmm. And so like, I'm of two minds because this game existing on like a mobile store 
to me is like a like a big problem because it's it, like the way I found it is when I got my tablet I was looking for like colorful like well rendered like beautiful like relatively low key games and this was in like lists of like oh this is like a cool like adventure game for like people who don't like adventure or are new to adventure games i.e. like kids you know mm-hmm. uh and I have a lot of problems mm-hmm. with this game being positioned as that different to when this game is on Steam it becomes like this is like the guise of a cute game, but it's a bunch of fucking memes for internet men because that's what Steam is like a storefront for. It's fucking the most, like, if you're on Steam, it is assumed that you have a credit card, which means that you are an adult, which means that the games you're buying, like, the content stuff becomes much less of a consideration. And, uh, like, I don't think it's a reach to say that Steam's audience is probably a lot of dudes. Uh, and if you go, and it's interesting because when you go to, like, I was looking at the Steam forums because no other words about this video game really exist anywhere. Uh, it's like, totally like, dudes are like, oh, I like this cute game. I liked how funny it was, blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, oh, why does this girl have like a dumb Tumblr haircut? Like, it's totally like, this game reads really differently to an audience that is like all men as opposed to like, this is like a family friendly game that you can play with like your kid. Wait, and, wait, wait, wait. Her, she has a ponytail. Like, what? It's it's specifically the like long hair like on one side dangling over her face. Have they not seen a teen oh. since two thousand and four? I know, yeah, like, I know, oh, that's a I know. Trend. That's I'm just reporting you what that's I read like, in the what? forums, and it's ludicrous. Cute but <laughs> um, and like the fact that the game can support both viewpoints is like you know you don't you aren't sure because the game is so inconsistent what the developers are actually going for. To me, is like a failing of this game to ha- like have something that it's like saying or like not even like explicitly in a story, but in the way it constructs its world, like it fails and feels vaguely irresponsible because it kind of blunders in this stuff. And you get the sense that they probably didn't even intend all of it or uh, any of it. I would agree. Yeah. That's the vibe I definitely my, get. My, like it, yeah. Oh, do you guys? No, I, I was done. It just, it like, yeah, it's, it's inconsistent and that's too bad. Cause it's actually like, as far as like the overall gameplay and themes, like it, it could have been like a perfect sort of family game. What I would say about it, uh, like concluding this idea, is that I actually think the intent is to make. Uh, what it came up to me was the intent was to uh, make a game that was one of these games, but also con- like uh, a game that is for, for kids and earnest about a bunch of stuff. Because it had the story about her like telling her dad no and taking like uh, responsibility for herself and going out on an adventure, and that is all played completely earnestly. Uh, but then it also really wants to have a lot of jokes about like, hey, we all played Zelda as a kid, we all played these as kids. What if we like put these other things into this world? How would that look? And that is uh, as a gag. But the the, the um balance between earnestness and like uh undermining jokes is uh, kind of off and the example i'd probably go to is uh, at the very end uh when you beat the mayor the very first thing that the mailbox who's your best friend says is well i guess there's a power vacuum now and there's gonna be like a like a whole weird uh like war of uh, i can't remember the word he uses but he like says well now there's nothing and it's all gonna go to shit i guess anyway that's how the world works and yeah like well he says like something like there's gonna probably be a revolution and people are gonna try to take control and be terrible but we'll we'll keep fighting it's 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 not as negative but there is a joke about how like it's not you didn't fix everything but (laughs) you've at least inspired us to keep going but it's 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 like a moment i can point to in terms of i can see the intent of like trying to poke at oh this is wouldn't actually work as simply as this but it all it does Mm -hmm. is undermine the more earnest story that is totally there and 
uh, that is the core uh, dissonance throughout the game. Because I think when the game is earnest and actually uh, st- stops uh, poking at itself, the story is actually quite effective. Because there's two different main messages happening. There's her realizing that her pursu- pursuit of the school project actually wasn't important to her and she was doing it to appease her father. And then the other story is her essentially liberating these wood people from the grasp of the spirits. Uh, so, like, yeah, it just... The, the jokes and the weirdness with uh, how it treats her as a woman and just sort of the weird references... Or they're not weird, but the kind of meme references, it, 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 that all clashes in a lot of ways, even though I, I did find myself laughing a lot at the jokes in this game, especially like a lot of the character dialogue was, it was really funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for, uh, for me, it's like, I, this game is clearly intended to be like, Oh, these people wanted to make a Pixar esque kind of adventure, but it comes from people who clearly don't have much experience outside of their own bubble. Like that's where this all seems to come from. Like, this is a I game, think... uh, like, maybe aimed at children, made by people who feel like they have never spoken to an actual child in their life. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. And don't know what is or isn't appropriate when you're, like, depicting women in media. Because maybe they don't read or, like, experience a lot of that. Maybe they don't talk to a lot of women. Like, I think it's telling, and not surprising, I mean, it's just video games, that, like, this team was all dudes. Uh, and it's a shame because, yeah, when this game isn't this, like, tonal dissonance it's like i really like this game like it's super charming it's really low-key it's really beautiful on a pc like Mm -hmm. the the menus and stuff are hot garbage but like clearly the most ported (laughs) from mobile thing but the part where you're just running around a town and it's like pretty and atmospheric i love that stuff Mm -hmm. uh and And the jokes like collecting leisurely yeah and like the little jokes around like especially the spirit biographies are really fun i like a lot of that stuff Mm-hmm. And the story moments you talked about her father and stuff are like really affecting. Like there's a thing that uh the game doesn't really present to you unless you like start connecting the dots. They're like she wants to live up to this dream of her father who's the teacher at this school for like veggie magic botany or whatever, uh, because it's implied that like her sister came to this island earlier and you find a gravestone on the beach that's like, Here lies Orchid. Uh and her, at the last letter you get from your father is like after your sister was gone i didn't know what to do with myself and i'm glad you're pursuing your own dreams and becoming your own person and like this idea that you're like revisiting the steps of like your sister who might have died on this island is like this weird storytelling beat that's not necessarily supported by the rest of the game but like it's reaching towards something that i think is like really affecting with the potential of this world that they've created uh-huh. as limited as it is yeah yeah i would i would agree with that uh it's a weird thing. I'm glad I played it. I don't uh, wish it like ill will. When we like, we feel like no, we've dunked, I, dunked it a lot. But uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. Like I, I would play it again. I actually like once you beat the game, uh, you can you're free to explore the island. And I wouldn't mind if I wasn't addicted to Stardew Valley. Mm-hmm. I 
I wouldn't mind uh, going back and running around because it was. Yeah, just I such a I liked game. it enough that like I did fight all the spirits and collect all the treasures. Like I did everything in that game basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so our distance with it is only like we're harping on it because we enjoyed the rest of it so much and we thought it was like cl- really close to getting to something. Uh, I'm, I would be worried yeah. that the like if the people who did make this because I know it's a small team. This is theoretical. Happens to listen in and just heard us shitting on the game a lot. Uh, that that would be misconstrued as us just. T- tearing it apart uh where and i feel like a lot of the problems in this come from um a lack of self-awareness about what is being made rather than uh, like that th- that seems to be the problem in everything that i i saw rather than just like this is an inherently bad thing right yeah and you can go back to the episodes where we talk about actually bad games like vanquish or crash bandicoot to see us actually poop on a video game <laughs> <laughs> oh god we're gonna get tweets actual that. poop whatever like i I get what people are saying when they say they like Vanquish, but it's not the actual video game you're talking about. You're talking about like a cool design document that was never made real. I'm sorry. Play like a good video game. Go back and play both the Bayonettas and get back to me. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck sass, off, Vanquish. It's a piece of garbage. Sassy, 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 sassy pants. <laughs> That brings us to the end of the podcast. I'm going to insert a clap there. Please clap. No, I'm not, because I'm not editing this. There's no, <laughs> you heard nothing. Nothing. You know, I, you know I'm not going to do it. I know you're not going to do it. Anytime there's a weird uh, audio effect, it's always me. Yeah, it's uh, always Jackson. I'm the Vinny of the podcast. No, well, I'm the Vinny of the editing of the podcast. I wish I could be <laughs> the Vinny of the podcast. I'm not dad enough. That's dad. No, not you're dad. the you're the Alex of the podcast. Yeah, that's true. Ain't that the truth? Um, I'd like to believe that I'm the Austin of the podcast. You can be the Austin of the podcast. You can be whatever you want. Which I guess makes Destiny the Vinny of the podcast. Hey. Well, in the Destiny doesn't play video games. That's rude. No, actually, Destiny has played more video games this week than I have. Yeah. So. I, <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Sorry. I take that back. And I don't know what y'all are talking about. Uh, so next month. Next month. God damn it! I can't host anything without fucking that up. <laughs> uh, next month's game club is Hitman Blood Money, uh, the fourth Hitman game from IO Interactive, um, inspired by there being a new Hitman game. I want to go play the one that everyone talks about being very cool. Uh, I thought it was the third. What are what are the games before it? Uh, hang on, hang on. We've got this. So it's Hitman Codename 47, Hitman 2, Silent Assassin, and Hitman Contracts. Which one isn't in the like HD trilogy? Hitman Contract, uh, Hitman Codename 47, that's PC only. Oh, okay. The HD trilogy is 2, 3, and 4. Oh, uh, uh, okay, cool. And 
yeah yeah and um we uh, are going to be playing that and talking about that uh, over the, the course of the month please tune in for then um this uh next two weeks i think there'll be metal gear sort of five podcast yes right because the four one is going up before this yes uh, and that'll be the end of our metal gear saga please tune into that it's a good talk between me and zaya speed who is a uh, cool friend from australia writes for the arcade review uh a fun fun time and then uh, i didn't want oh go ahead Sorry. no that, that's really all i had okay uh for hitman i wanted to uh point out that uh you can get this on your ps3 uh digitally or in that collection i bet it's on 360 in the same way right or is it just backwards compatible or something no no the three no hitman blood money is a 360 game it has oh okay you can buy it on the 360 game it's also in the collection but it was one of those that came out in the first year of the 360 and uh it is on pc and runs on modern windows at least windows 8 which is what i use and uh you have to do a hack to get the resolution native or i mean you have to edit in any file it's not a hack oh Uh, it runs great i highly recommend that uh that's how i'm playing it i know jackson and destiny are playing it on ps3 i don't know my ps3 controller's gone weird i might just do it on pc okay destiny's playing it on ps3 yep um and uh a bit of trivia uh part of the reason everyone mapping is a game club is because uh rebel fm the podcast that arthur geese hosts uh was originally a game club and they played like they would do episodes every week or every two weeks as they played through a game. They'd be like four episodes per game, which didn't make sense for how me and Jackson played through games, but uh, and clearly didn't work out when we tried it with Final Fantasy. But it was a really interesting idea, um, and one of the first games they did was Hitman Blood Money. So this is bringing it all full circle. Nice. Uh, what was following that? in the footsteps of what our inspirations. What was their first game? Do you remember? It or? might have actually been Hitman. Oh, nice. It was right after everyone got let go from like One Up or something. I think it was the one-up apocalypse. Okay. okay. I, I believe that. Yeah, right, because they're... Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Um, yeah. And I think that is going to do the podcast. Uh, I guess it's time to enter the plug zone. We're in the plug zone now. Mm-hmm. Plug away. Yeah, who plugs first? <laughs> At FridgeBuzz now on Twitter. That's all one word. <laughs> uh, where are you? Yeah, uh, uh, you can find me on Twitter at em underscore being, and uh, every once in a while, actually most of the time, I'm on uh, Jackson's Movie Club podcast, Trash Factor Ratio. You can find that at trashfactorratio.com. Uh, I was not on the most recent episode because it's about a garbage movie I didn't want to talk about. <laughs> Accurate. Accurate. <laughs> uh, you can find me at Headfuls Off on Twitter. Uh, uh, trashfactorratio.com for the music podcast goof.zone for the podcast that we haven't done in ages but I'm, I don't know we'll see something will go up there eventually we gotta get together I, the schedules are just hard yep uh, there'll probably be uh, I, if uh, I am gonna predict I would say there'll be quite a few episodes over the next month and then I'll stop for a while because of how university works um, so we'll see yep. uh, that's my guess but uh, that's it there's other stuff coming soon in the pipe but I'm not gonna announce any of it at this point uh, because, when you're the host uh, Jackson you have to plug our podcast and where people can find it it's it's here you're, you're listening to it yeah but on itunes though it's on itunes you can find it. so abnormal mapping is about video games we're cool you're listening to us please rate and review us on itunes subscribe uh we have a youtube channel subscribe there also uh you can find that at youtube there's no url just go to youtube type in abnormal mapping uh what's going on right now you're probably still playing fable I'm definitely fallout's still over playing fable is an rpg so i'm being played three episodes a week i'm playing fable for months and um 
uh we're on stitcher also i guess i guess we are. <laughs> all right that's it podcast over run the music is that what the music sounds like that's now this. I'm just going to need you to give me a file of you doing an entire acapella version of Sandstorm. I can totally go and do that. <laughs> if you want me to embarrass myself, I can hit you up at some point in the next couple of weeks with acapella Sandstorm. Good. Yeah, I need that, I think. Okay.